Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. I hope this finds each of you so very well. Today, I'm speaking to you from my studio in West Orange, New Jersey, eagerly looking forward to talking with author Paige Lee from Eagle, Idaho, about her riveting book titled Choose to Believe, a story of miracles, healing, and the afterlife. In addition to being an author, Paige is a healer, an intuitive, a teacher, and a speaker. Paige's grief journey began when her only living birth child, Brian Frost, was brutally murdered at the age of 23. Starting with a phone call in the wee hours on September 18, 2008, Paige entered the worst nightmare any parent can imagine. Paige was completely consumed by her grief, but then Brian reached out to her from the afterlife. I have so many questions for Paige about her amazing journey through devastating grief to healing. But first, we need to take a quick minute to show some love to our sponsors. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, Paige. A warm, heartfelt welcome to Grief and Rebirth podcast. Hi, Irene. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm honored just to have you here also. We're going to, and this is going to be, I know, an amazing interview. We, and our personal stories, my story, losing my husband and your story with your son. We have so many remarkable similarities in our stories. They almost like validate each other. It's really fascinating to me. So I'm going to begin with this question. Please tell us about Brian's tragic death and his burial, leaving you afraid of living the rest of your life without your son. Well, uh, that's, you know, we always have to start there, right? I always tell people in my book, the first two chapters are the sadness and the rest of the book is all about the healing and finding joy, but we have to start with the death. And so thank you for asking that. Um, so Brian uh, was my only living child. I had three babies who died uh, pre-birth uh, before Brian. I do have two beautiful, lovely stepchildren and they have spouses and families, uh, but Brian was my only living birth child. Um, and and so we were very close. He was my everything. And like I say in the book, if I wasn't visiting him, I was planning the next visit, right? He had left home in 2004 after graduating high school. He'd gone to West Point Military Academy. He was quite brilliant and, um, you know, did not find his uh, sole purpose there at the academy. So after a year and a half, he left and he transferred in a roundabout way to University of Southern California in Los Angeles. And he finished his degree in economics 
and then decided uh, that he had discovered a passion for filmmaking, you know, being in Los Angeles and uh, had met a lot of people from internationally around the world who also had that passion. And so a big group of friends and they were all in the film school together. So he had renewed after graduating with one degree, he had renewed to stay at USC at the film school. And when he was one semester away from completing that second degree, uh, he was walking home one night <clears throat> with two other boys from a local bar. Um, they had just moved into a new apartment, so they didn't quite know, you know the way. It was just off campus, and they made a wrong turn. And so that wrong turn took them by an apartment building and the boys were not drunk, staggering, falling down, but they, they had had a couple of beers. And so I, you know, I always have to say that because, you know, Brian definitely loved to party, right? He was a party kid, but he was also brilliant and smart and friendly and compassionate and kind. In fact, the summer before he died, he'd been in Pakistan with one of his friends from film school, and he had spent, you know, a considerable amount of time with all the kids that were on the in the soccer fields and talking to them about education and how important it is to pursue an education because Brian was all about that. Anyhow, he were walking home and they walked by an apartment building and there was a gate standing open and Brian just, you know, walking by reached out and slammed the gate shut. And that simple act, that simple act triggered anger and rage in somebody who came running out and started a fight. And that fight ended in a fatal stab wound. Oh and, uh, and Brian died in this. Well, I guess actually he died in the ambulance, um, but he they finally got the guy to leave and leave them alone. And I don't you know, want to waste your time with the whole story, but they were walking across the street to get back on track to heading home. And all of a sudden, Brian stopped and he grabbed his chest and he said, oh, my gosh, I think I've been stabbed. And he collapsed on the spot and uh, died in the ambulance on the way back. Mm -hmm. So so we, uh, Idaho Times, so, you know, one of the things that used to nag me so much, Irene, was how did I not know? How did I sleep through that? How did I not know? But then I remembered I did know because the night before, uh, Brian and I had talked on the phone and I had he had told me he was going to go out and it was getting late. And I said, don't go. Please don't go. You don't need to go. It's too late to go, right? I was really trying to convince you him. Had to a premonition. I had a premonition. I didn't even know it. Um, but anyhow, we were so close. And so I was completely devastated. We had to go to LA. We had to meet with the school, which was horrible, to be honest with you. I mean, all kind souls that meant well, but that was the last thing I wanted to do, you know, the day or the next day. I think it was the day that my son died was meeting with the people from USC, oh but they had good intentions. What do you do? So we came home. It, it was a horrible experience. It was awful. It was devastating. Um, we finally were able to have the funeral because we couldn't get the body back, you know, right away because it was a murder investigation. Um, and, and the whole burial was just, um, you know, there's a really sad story about that, that I'll just wait and let people read in the book, um, because I'd rather talk about the healing. That's my okay. passion. And my love, but, um, but it was, uh, it was, it was, I'll tell you the one good thing about it. His whole slew of friends drove up from LA, all these, this group of kids, this international uh, group of children, and they all came, they're not children. They were like, you know, whatever, 20 years old, 22 years old, but they all came up to Idaho five times wow. in the first wow. six months after he died five times. Can you believe wow. that? 
So they did much for my healing. All of his high school friends came and, and we got through it. You know, we got through it together. We leaned on each other. Um, but those were hard days for sure. Those were hard days. Wow. Yeah. So Brian reached out to you from the afterlife only three weeks after he died. That's amazing. And how did that inspire your intensive search to find him and reconnect your mother-son relationship? I am so lucky, Irene, because for whatever reason, I was chosen to go on this journey, right? And well, I know the reason, but we'll talk about that later. But at the time I was like, well, I'm just like, I've got the Brian. I heard him out loud with my ears. I was laying on my bed. It was not nighttime. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't in pajamas. I was laying on the bed, resting with my eyes closed, but not asleep. My husband was in the bathroom. And all of a sudden I heard out loud with my ears, mom, just, just like that, mom. And I jumped up. And uh, I jumped up and I'm like, oh my gosh, Brian, where are you? Where are you? And I, I couldn't see him and I'm looking and I don't see him and I can't hear him anymore. I just heard the one call and I said, and I just knew, I knew intuitively that he still lived somewhere that I could find him and that I would never stop looking. And so I immediately jumped up. I went to my bookcase. I'm like, you know, scanning my books. Do I have anything in the afterlife? Because I had no real knowledge or belief in the afterlife prior prior to his death, um, except I did believe in heaven, right? I believed in heaven. I went to church as a kid, um, but I didn't really understand what any of it meant. I didn't have any personal experience with it. So I went to the bookstore and I bought tons of books on the afterlife. And that's how the journey <laughs> I did. I bought, you wouldn't wow. believe the books that, and some of them like threw themselves on the floor. I mean, it was like, get this one and this one and this one. And the first book I read was um, uh, Lessons from the Light by George Anderson. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's, this is real. This is real. I really can. I can still talk to him. I can have a relationship with him and I'm going to find out how. Because as I said, he was my only living child. He was my life's joy. He was my everything. Everything I did was for him or about him. I hate to say it. I mean, that sounds terrible. Oh, no, but I have, a, I, I feel, I, I understand. I mean, like I, you know, yeah, in the same place as you, I have a son and I understand Yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. Well, they say there are no coincidences. So uh, something had to get you to start your healing journey and you were led to a message circle that began it. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, so um, this was probably maybe three weeks after, I mean, no more than three weeks after I heard him call out to me. And so and so I had started my, my journey of finding him, right? Didn't know what any of that meant, but I just knew that I had to find him. And so my husband uh, took me to the grocery store, which I had not been leaving the house very often, but I went that day. And in the produce, I'm in, I'm in the produce section, I'm kind of looking down, and then I look up, and then there's a woman who I know that uh, her son and Brian were friends. And, um, and I, I like look away and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to talk to her. I don't want to talk to her. And I hear spirit. I didn't understand it to be spirit, but I heard a voice in my head said, go talk to her. And I said, no, I out loud. I say, no, I'm not going to go talk to her. I don't want to talk to anybody. Go talk to her. And I'm like, no. And like, this is, it took me a while to really trust spirit and do what they say the first time. But so on the third time, I'm like, fine, I'll, I'll go talk to her. So I'm like, hi, Carol. And she goes, oh, Paige, hi, how are you? How's Brian? And I just, 
almost collapsed. I mean, I'm like, you don't know. How do you not know? You know, we're such a small community. It's been on the news nonstop. How do you not know? And um, so I said, she said, well, I guess, is there anything I can do? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, you don't happen to know a good psychic, do you? And she's like, well, as a matter of fact, uh, I do. And I'm having a, a spirit circle, a message circle at my home um, in a couple of weeks. And I have two openings. Would you like to come? And of course I said, yes. And that opened me up to, to the whole world of mediumship and psychics and communication with our loved ones on the other side and spirit and um, changed my world. All of this changed my world, but one step led to another. And I just said, yes. I said yes always. And so I was able to keep putting one foot forward, right? At the same time, I had one foot in my grief lane. Of so course. at the same, you know, I at the I did a Facebook post recently about this. It's like one foot forward with the spiritual learning and one foot forward with the grieving necessity of crying and screaming and kicking the floor and journaling and sitting out at the gravesite and crying. And, you know, so that was all happening simultaneously with pursuing the spiritual journey. Um, and it was the spiritual journey that fueled, you know, that, that allowed me to continue grieving and not give up. And actually I can so relate because the spiritual journey kind of keeps you from total despair. Yes. I mean, if you didn't, it's, it, it provides a it provides a comfort and it become and you realize that it's real. Yes, it took a long time for me to realize. Yeah, I know. I mean, you keep needing me too. To this day, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. okay. It's like you're, you're continually convinced, but it is real. Yeah. Brian's death became a catalyst for your spiritual awakening. As you began to explore spirituality, you learned why you've had many hardships in your life. You received insights into who you really are. Mm -hmm. You became aware of your spiritual team and so much more. Please share some of the important spiritual insights you learned about yourself, which by the way, between you and me is one of the reasons I encourage people to heal because as you go on your healing journey, you find out all these amazing things about yourself that you had no clue and they're so helpful. Yeah. So when, when all of this started happening, I had one soul, you know, one purpose, and that was to find Brian, right? That was everything is about finding Brian. And so that was why, you know, I kept, kept, kept keeping on, right? What I found, and it was, it took me a long, it took me many years, quite honestly, before I was able to look back and see all of the great rewards in my journey. And I think that's a really tough conversation for anybody who's newly grieving because they can't even begin to see that there are gifts in the journey, right? We can't, I don't even like to talk about that with people that are newly grieving, but looking back, I could see not only did I find Brian, I found my God. You know, I found what God means to me. It wasn't the, it wasn't the God I grew up with, right? Who, who, who was scary and punishing and, you know, but it was my kind, loving, all that is God that I formed a relationship with. And perhaps most importantly, or as equally important is I found myself and I found out who I am at my true nature, right? I'm a healer. I'm a teacher. I've always wanted to teach and I don't know why I didn't. I just wasn't walking my path. And one of the, um, some of the work I do is about birth path and numerology and how um, um, empowering that is for us to know that because it we can learn through understanding the numbers surrounded with our birth path and our, our time and date of entry into this life, um, the core gifts that we brought with us to help us navigate through and, you know, 
there's so much about that, right? Soul planning. That's fascinating. I think that's fabulous. Oh, I mean, and people so can get a hold of you and you can, you can give them that information. You can find that information for cool. them. That yeah. is cool. Yeah. That's great. Wow. And what else, anything else that you want to share that you learned? Yeah. I mean, I just understood. So, you know, one of the things that I understood early on that I consider a spiritual gift um, was the importance of letting go of my pain and understanding that letting go of my pain wasn't letting go of Brian. So I was so afraid to let go of the pain. I refused. I held on to it like a, like, like what, like a vice grip on it with a vice grip, right? Like I'm not going to let go of my pain because if I let go of my pain, I would be betraying him. I would be forgetting about him. I would be moving on. Right. right. And, um, and it took me a while. And actually the, the late Sally Baldwin, who taught me um, that letting go of the pain has nothing to, it's not letting go of them. In fact, it strengthens our connection with them because I'm also a healer. And if we have a clear channel, right, if our chakras are balanced and clear, and we're not holding on to this pain, that's going to have blockage in us, then we can, spirit can move through us more freely, which is going to enhance the connection that we have. Does that make sense? Totally. I mean, I've, I've done some very similar healing and I've had the same experience. So Brian's given you many signs to let you know he's still with you. And I am in awe because he now communicates with you openly, regularly, and clearly. Tell us all about that. Well, you know what? He is that kid. He just doesn't give up. He never gave up on me. And I am so eternally grateful to him. I'm so glad that we're soulmates because we are. And um, he just wasn't going to give up on me because I can be a little thick headed. He knew it was going to take a while for me to get it right. So in the beginning, it was as most people experience, it was electronics. I iPod back in the day of iPods, uh, starting and stopping by themselves, the TV freezing and restarting, you know, things like that, lights flickering. Um, so that's kind of the fun stuff. And then one day, uh, should I, can I jump ahead to the ladybug story? Sure, go ahead. Okay, so then one day uh, I was outside and I was working in my flowers and I felt a presence. And this was like about nine months after he'd passed. And um, so I'd already started my psychic awareness, my psychic development work. I'd been going to courses and things. And I'm like, wait, who's here? You know, mom, is that you? Because my mom died in 2002. And I, I hear, I get no response. I don't feel anything. And then I'm like, well, Brian, is it you? And I, again, no reaction. So I was like, well, mom, if it's you, send me a yellow butterfly. Brian, if it's you, send me a, a ladybug. And um, forgot all about it. I did have that kind of, uh, again, spirit message. You know what I'm talking about? When you hear without hearing, you know, you just know the thought, right? right. And the voice said, don't worry about this. You have asked and it shall be granted. And wow. I'm like, okay. So that night we're celebrating my birthday. The kids are all coming. I don't know why I was cooking on my birthday. That's another story yeah. for another day. <laughs> I was, And I walk back um, past our bay window and I just happened to look down and there on the windowsill is a ladybug. And I screamed and I jumped up and down. I mean, seriously, our kids thought I had lost it. I think that I was having a massive panic attack. Um, but I had never, we'd lived in the house 10 or 12 years at that time. I'd never seen a ladybug in the house. And, um, and that was the first one. And it's, I asked him for that. That's the importance of that story. So you can ask your loved one, you guys, to send you a sign and wait for it and be patient and it shall be granted to and you. And that's amazing. 
And then I wanted to ask you also about the alternative modalities you've used to heal, to help you with your grief. And what, and I am so familiar with those grief surges, as you call them. Yeah, I kind of coined that phrase grief surges because that's what it felt like to me. It's like, it was just this sudden onslaught of like a surge, right? Like this whoosh of grief that would hit me. You know, you expect them right around birthdays, anniversaries, um, you know, things like that, that you know are going to trigger a memory. Um, but it's the rant, so you can prepare for those, but it's the random ones that hit out of nowhere for no They ambush period. you. Huh? They ambush you. They ambush you and it's like this surge of grief and you can't stop it. You, it's just like buckle down and, you know, go to your knees and, and allow it is really the best thing to do is to let it allow it to feel that moment and let it pass through you. Um, but in order to learn how to deal with both the planned and, you know, the, the ones I could expect and the ones I couldn't expect, um, I learned energy healing. I can't say enough about Reiki and pranic healing um, are the two modalities that I learned that I practice, that I have practiced for a number of years. Um, hiking and walking were my solace. Um, I can, we have, I'm very blessed. I live in Boise. We're surrounded by foothills here and there's many, many, many trails. And I just go out there and I love the feel of my feet hitting the dirt and I walk and I talk to Brian and I talk to God and I am filled with such peace. There's a story in the book about one time really pretty recently in the last few years where Brian literally carried me down the mountain and I'm telling you that's a true story. I don't know how I ran down that mountain as fast as I did with, you know, I wouldn't have without his help. Um, so these are the ways, um, you know, meditation, you know, a lot of people say, what's the number one thing? What's the number one tool that helped you through? And it has to be meditation. And I, people are scared of meditation. They're like, I can't meditate or I don't know how, but it's just don't make it complicated. It's, it's easy. Um, it takes time to be able to get to the point where you can meditate without crying. Cause I understand that I was there, but once you get past that point, um, it can be 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be an hour. So meditation is really important to keep yourself open because we have to be open to receive the signs, right? I, I, right, we right. We can't be closed up and, and receive the signs. But the reason, you know, Brian just never quit. He just kept sending them and sending them and sending them. And he still does. He's my kind of guy. Yeah. So through all of these modalities, is this how you enhanced your intuition or was there anything that was special that you did to also enhance your intuition? Yeah, definitely meditation and the energy work. And I tell people, go explore some energy, some understanding. We need to understand our own energy and how our energy works. We need to understand, you know, life force energy and how it how it how it runs through us. Um, that we have different energy bodies, right? That um, that you know. It, trauma and drama has to kind of work through our energy bodies before it can even make its way to our physical body. So we want to keep everything clean and cleansed and balanced as much as we can to protect our physical body and to protect our, you know, astral, mental, emotional, all of the bodies. Um, so it's really important to have an understanding of that. Um, one of the fun ways to do that is to just go outside and look at the trunk of a tree and just loosely, very loosely set your gaze on that tree without, it's kind of like you're looking, but not looking. And then you'll see the life energy of the tree. And it's the most powerful thing. Like that's what so I'm cool. I think everyone should try to do that. Spring is coming oh. over here in the Northeast. Yes. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. 
but yeah, so, um, and the meditation and energy healing for me, and I did take psychic development classes. I took angels and guide workshops because I wanted to know what all that meant. I'm like, guides, what do you mean guides, angels, you know? And um, so I, I did it all. If it was put in front of me to learn, I learned it. <laughs> so you did all this and you experienced all this spiritual, uh, all these spiritual seekers and all that, but you also learned about discernment. Tell us mm -hmm. about that. So um, it is so important to seek, right? You want to be a seeker, but be careful, you guys don't do what I did. So I, I was so desperate for information. Again, this was in the first two years of Brian's passing. Um, and I was so desperate for more information about where he is and what's my life purpose and you know, da, 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 da. And I reached out online to this woman in Hawaii. I don't recall her name and she was doing, you know, readings online and, um, it was more of a life purpose reading, I believe. And so I just signed up and I paid for it. I don't know this woman. She wasn't referred to me by anybody. And, um, and what I got back was a written reading and it was devastating. It was, um, she told me I wasn't of the light, um, there, you know, my, my work wasn't of the light, you know, cause I've been doing this work on and off for a long time. Um, and I mean, I just was floored. I was devastated that, you know, how could you I not money? Did you want money to help you with this? What's that? Did you want more money to help you with this? Yeah. Well, part, you know, somebody else said that and I bet you she would have, but I never even got back to her. I immediately called uh, my psychic <laughs> that I had seen every month for the first year after Brian died. And he does not like do this outside of paid session times. Uh, but he did to me. He thankfully wrote me back pages of explanation and how I could have used discernment and how, how, how none of it was true and why none of it was true. And then I have another psychic friend here in the area who also came to my side that day and between the two of them they you know got me calmed down but I was devastated it it rocked me it really did because everything I had been learning I believed was of God and everything I do is of God and of God's light. Every time I do a meditation for people, I'm always like, only those of God's love and light may enter this space today. So not only was that experience important for discernment, but also for protection. Like there's ways energetically that we can protect ourselves from people and spirit, right? Who may not have our best interests at heart. Right, and it's important to know, and I tell people like in every profession, being an artist or a lawyer or a doctor or whatever, there are people who are disingenuous. There are people who are not uh, do not are not operating at the high to the highest good to your highest good or whatever. And it's important to um, it. I, it makes me angry because it gives this world a black eye. But well, there's yeah. people in all in all professions that are not um, on the up and up. So it does that, but. Especially in this arena, though, because, you know, I mean, as grievers, we're so vulnerable, we're probably the most vulnerable audience that there is. And we all want information and we all want validation. We all want to talk to our kids or our husbands or, our, you right, know, right, right. And, um, how dare they, right? How dare right. they take advantage? Exactly. I was, I was quite angry. I'll be nice. I was quite angry <laughs> after I got over my fear of, I was, you know, the devil was going to grab me any moment <laughs> and claim me. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. wow. And you then on the other hand, end of this, you had an extraordinary out-of-body experience during a meditation in 2018. Was it 2018? I, I must be. It seems like it was longer ago. But yes, I was at the Helping Parents Heal conference in um, Phoenix. And um, uh, Doctor, I said, Dr. Mark Pitstick, I think, was running a guided meditation in a workshop there. And here's what I think. 
I think that this was an out-of-body experience. And the reason that I think that is, I, I believe that spirit planned for me to have this experience that day. Um, I'm a good meditator, but I, I haven't had a lot of that kind of real concrete, you know, experiences. Um, and this time I immediately went under kind of in the meditation. This was a room that probably had a hundred people in the room. This was not a small gathering. Um, and we were all in, you know, folded, uncomfortable folded chairs. I was with my, my core group of Sun Valley moms, we call ourselves. And, um, and I just immediately went under and I'm following the instructions and, you know, we're walking through the meadow, through the meadow and over the bridge and through the door. And all of a sudden I came to a garden and in this garden, it was the most, you know, people say that when they, if they have an afterlife, uh, after death experience and they get to the other side and they can't believe the colors, I'm here to tell you that is true. The colors were so vibrant and so amazing. I can feel my mom's energy as I tell you that right now, because my mom loved flowers, which is where I have my love of them, um, where I got that. And I can hear her just saying, yes, yes. Like I, you can't describe how beautiful it is. And then I saw the ladybugs, the ladybugs were all flowers and the ladybugs then there were bigger ladybugs flying around in this garden and then I saw my loved ones coming toward me and first I saw Brian and then I saw my dad and my mom and my grandparents and all the people not all that there are many people here I hold dear that I love um, but you know all my people are there right all my my immediate family people other than my siblings are all there and um, they came to me Irene and they wrapped me up like a group hug, like a big group hug. And they started sending their love to me. And I, so on one hand, on the left side of my brain, I saw myself in the chair in the conference room and tears are streaming down my face, streaming down my face. The right side of my brain, I'm there and I'm in this meadow and my loved ones are, are, are giving me this hug. And it's so, and I'm aware that in my physical body, in the chair, my stomach was starting to hurt because the love was so powerful it was honestly just too much for my body to take. And right when I was, you know, they just kept pouring and pouring. And right when I was like, I can't take it anymore because of the pain in the physical part of me, they pulled back and they pulled back. And then Brian grabbed my hand and he said, you know, come with me. And he took me flying and we're flying around. And I, I didn't know it at first, but I, my, what I wrote down immediately afterward was the sky was the ground and the ground was the sky. And then of course that meant, you know, we were flying and I saw, I saw spirit everywhere. Little dots of white light spirit were all over the place. Um, they were flying too. And I was just flying with Brian holding his hand. And then he stopped and he looked at me and he said this, he said, remember the movement, remember the movement. This is why I don't want to come back. There's power in the movement. And so a lot of people have different interpretations for what that means, right? That message. All I know is it was the most beautiful. To me, it was acceptance of the fact that he is not only happy where he is, this is his choice to be there. He wants to be there. He doesn't want to return to this body. Um, I know for a fact that Brian and I are working together, that he brings uh, people to me that I work with, just like, you know, uh, Saul, right? Saul brings right. people to yeah. you. 
And um, so anyhow, he brought me, he brought me that message. And then one more time I had all of my loved ones and it was kind of like Brian, just kind of like, you know, pulling back, right. Then they just pulled back their energy. And then I was fully back in the chair again, still just sobbing. And immediately when I finally kind of came out of it, I wrote it all down. So the, the chapter of the book that tells that story is verbatim word for word as I experienced it immediately after, you know, after it happened. What a blessed experience. That's, oh, I'm so, I'm so grateful. Oh my goodness. What a wonderful experience. So now I have to ask you, what is conscious suffering? And why must a person say yes to suffering before he or she can transcend it? I ran across a quote by Eckhart Tolle once um, in his book, A New Earth, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose. And the quote is, the fire, of, uh, the fire of suffering becomes the light of consciousness. The ego says I shouldn't have to suffer. I shouldn't have to suffer. And that thought makes us suffer so much more, right? It's a distortion of the truth, which is always paradoxical. The truth is that you need to say yes to suffering before you can transcend it. You need to say yes to suffering before you can transcend it. And it's so that's like an acceptance of it. It's an acceptance yeah. of it before you well, begin you have, to figure out how to move through. You have to say yes to it so you can fully feel it too, right? Um, so no feel, no heal, right? So right. you have to fully feel it and then we have to let it go. If we want to expand and if we want to kind of grow our awareness around this spiritual journey that we're on, this ride that we're on, that we didn't ask to be on. Well, okay, that's another topic. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's another conversation. But, um, yeah, so you must you must say yes to suffering. And to me, when I say yes to suffering, that is conscious suffering. That is, I'm consciously choosing to feel the pain so that I can release the pain so that I can heal. Yeah, this is all about living consciously, being yes. aware, being in touch. So there are so many helpful grief support groups. Why did you choose Helping Parents Heal? And tell us what you do in your role of a caring listener and an affiliate leader for Helping Parents Heal. Well, thank you for asking that. Um, so when Brian died, there were not very many resources out there. There was a um, um, well, I won't name, but there was one grief support group um, here locally. And I just knew intuitively that I had no interest in that whatsoever. They kept, you know, like sending me things in the mail. And I'm just like, I have no interest in going to talk to people who are just going to sit around and cry. I knew that that wasn't my path. And, um, and then I found out about helping parents heal. And their philosophy is the same as mine, that we can still connect with our, our loved ones still live, that we can connect with them and that we can continue having a relationship with them. The mom-child relationship can continue. Um, we do that in a non-religious, non-dogmatic way. So we, we don't discuss religion. Um, everything is spiritually of God based. Um, so I was an affiliate leader for them. Um, really, this is just in the first couple of years after Elizabeth and Mark started helping parents heal. And I was an affiliate leader in Boise, Idaho. And I did that for about a year and a half at my healing center, which I closed. And so then I discontinued being a support group affiliate leader. Um, and then, um, and then I don't know, about a year ago, I signed back up to be a caring listener. A caring listener is somebody who, um, as a volunteer, people can call us and have a conversation with us about, about their grief and about how they're feeling and, you know, whatever it is they want to talk about. I mean, about. that is such an admirable thing that you do. I mean, people well, are in pain and they're calling you like that. There's so many of us now too. I think there's like 30 caring listeners. Wow. So there's a huge 
So on the helpingparentsheal.org website, I think it's .org, um, there's a little, there's a, um, a, a, a tab that says caring listeners and you can go through there and you can scroll through the entire list and pick the person that resonates most with you. It might be somebody whose child was murdered like mine, might be somebody on there who maybe is living with uh, a death by suicide that might you might relate to better, whatever it is. Um, yeah, and that's all at no charge. And then so I do that. And then I also just I was running a uh, weekly Zoom to connect with our loved ones meditation series in November and December. And uh, just this month, earlier this month, decided to uh, kind of incorporate that under the Helping Parents Heal umbrella. So I'm now an affiliate leader under what we call a specialty group. Uh, it's called Spiritual Tools for Grief Healing. So basically all of the tools that I talk about in the book, but we go into those in a much deeper level. Um, we're currently meeting weekly. I don't know how long we'll do that, but currently we meet every Monday night. We're, we're meeting tonight. And uh, if somebody wanted to join, they could just go to Facebook and search for Helping Parents Heal, Spiritual Tools for Grief Healing. And, um, and then yeah, they would find wonderful. That. Yeah, that's wonderful. I love working with people like that. I love teaching them the tools. And they're going to, you know, it's like an AA meeting. They're going to take what they need and leave the rest behind. You know, maybe like I did a big presentation on crystals last week and, you know, it was amazing. I loved it. Uh, the week before that, it was about essential oils. I had uh, another mom presenting about essential oils. These are all tools. Um, next week, Sarah Rubel um, with Death Teaches is going to come on and talk to us about soul planning. Um, so, you know, it's just, these are all tools. Pick which ones you want and leave that. I hope you'll be a guest sometime on our, on our, I know you're going to be on the main Helping Parents Heal soon. It'll so. be my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. And now for everyone, I need to ask you, what does a Brian hug feel like? Oh, oh my God. And, and oh. you sharing gratitude to help lessen the intensity of grief. Share, tell us okay. more. So it's really interesting how my communications with Brian have progressed, right? Um, and, it, and when I first started meditating, I would get that tingling at the crown, right? Which a lot of us do as we're opening up. And as our crown chakra is opening up, we get that kind of tingling. But Brian used to do that in the car. I would just be driving and all of a sudden he would like mess with my hair because he knew I didn't like that. He used to always mess with my hair and he knew I didn't like that. So um, the best he did after it doesn't matter. <laughs> that, was like that, that was the first physical thing that I guess that he did with me. Um, and then, you know, all the signs that we've talked about and more. Um, and then I'm trying to think when it started actually after that meditation in Phoenix. So that was, it was at, that must have opened me up. That's what it was, Irene. I'm just having this aha moment right, <laughs> right now. <laughs> I think that that must have somehow opened me up to be able to receive him and the way he comes to me now, which is he just enters my body energetically and he sends, um, we call it team rush now because it's probably not just Brian, it's, it's Brian and some of my spirit team, right? But they send me this hug that like, like, like I'm vibrating, I'm, I'm, I'm physically vibrating. The intensity is so strong. Sometimes if I'm holding, like one time I was holding my phone, talking to somebody when it happened, I had to like drop my phone and they're like, hello, hello. And I'm over here going, whoa. <laughs> and I've learned to just stop when it happens and let it run through me because it's such a gift. It is such a gift. And I'll tell you, I know the next step is going to be seeing him. It almost happened a few weeks ago and it will happen someday. And I'm, wow. I'm so excited for that too. I don't know if he'll present in his physical form or his 
you know, his um, uh, light body form, but I'm willing to see him in whatever way he chooses. We'll take him however you can get him. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. so Brian hugs are amazing and, um, and they get stronger over time. So it used to be, I'd get a little one, you know, get the, you know, it, it just would be little. And now it's grown to such a, such an intensity um, that it, it just, it just, it stops me dead in my tracks. I love it. I would imagine you, um, that's a precursor to what it's really like on the other side when you reunite, it's a vibration thing. And when people yes. come together and tell me how prayer and gratitude help lessen the intensity of grief for you. Well, I think it's always true whenever we're in any kind of trauma. Um, I don't, I don't mean trauma, like, you know, rape or anything like that. But, you know, when we're having a, a bad day, the best way to get out of ourselves is to do something for other people, right? Or to feel gratitude for the blessings that we have in our life. And I know that sounds like that's old news, right? But it's so important. And I had to include a short chapter of that in my book, um, because, because it is so powerful, and it is so important every day. And I would say, even if you can, if you can only be grateful, um, for the fact that you opened your eyes today, then be grateful for that, right? And then uh, try to find three things that you can be grateful for every day. And um, you'll be amazed at how many things you are grateful for in your life. Um, for me, nature is so huge, such a huge part of my healing. So get outside, be grateful for the sky, be grateful for the birds that are starting to chirp and sing again. Yay, winter's just about over, at least in Idaho. Um, you know what I mean? Like be grateful for all of these gifts. Be grateful for your child or your husband Absolutely. or your, your grandparent that's in spirit. Um, be grateful for the fact that they're right beside you and that they're trying to communicate with you and, and that, and that you can still have that relationship with them. Right. Oh my so, goodness. Prayer to me is almost simultaneous. It's almost like the same thing as meditation. I always pray when I meditate. So I've, I was never a church goer, so I don't, I don't do prayer in that traditional sense. Um, but I understand it and I don't have any problem with it. I think everybody does it their own way. And I think, whatever it is for you that works, whatever it is, you know, if it's prayer, meditation, um, whatever word you use for God, it's just like, find what works for you. That's what I tell people is find what works for you. What worked for me may not be what worked for you, but if you keep looking, if you keep seeking, you will find what works for you. And I'm telling you, it will a thousand times enhance your healing. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. So this leads me to Paige, why is it important to choose to believe? Oh, it's the title it. of your book, and it is so yeah. important. So I, you know, on this whole journey, and it's been 12 and a half years for me now, it's been, it's been a day, <laughs> it's been a day or two. And um, even though, like, so I talked about that one foot on the spiritual lane of the highway, right? And I'm learning all this stuff and Brian's sending all these amazing signs. And then there's that grief. And with the grief was the, the, that voice saying, oh, baloney. <laughs> That's not Brian, or, you know, that couldn't be real. And you're not right. hearing anything. And, you know, and so I doubted, and then I'd believe and I, you know, um, I, you know, I didn't understand fully what it meant to embrace these new um, belief systems that I was learning about. And then one day in meditation, I'd been having a particularly difficult time. And um, spirit said, listen, it's like, listen, Linda, just choose to believe and then you will. It's that simple. Quit making it so hard. And I'm like, 
really? Like I can just choose to believe like, you know, like I can choose to get out of bed every day. I can choose to be happy today, or I can choose to be sad today. I can choose to believe that it's all real. And so I did, I just did. And it, it, it wasn't, it was no time at all before. All the difference. Yeah. Before there was no difference anymore. Right. So I knew always that that would be the title of my book after spirit told me that it took me many years to write the book after that, but I always knew that that would be the title of it because that's all we have to do is choose. I love choose that. Believe. I love that. I, 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 I myself have had an experience where people told me, I don't know, how can you believe this? And I don't buy it. And all I, and I'll say to them, listen, you can choose not to believe. I tell this to people, but I, and if you want to think it's over when it's over and that's all there is, go for it. But I choose to know there's more. And I like my angle on the dangle a lot better. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I agree. And you know, for some people that is enough, right? For some people, it's enough to just know they're in heaven. I'll see them again someday. And that's fine. I was telling a mom just yesterday. I'm like, but for me, for me, that, that was not enough. I was not going to ever settle for that or be happy with that because it wasn't enough. So right. and you, you know. we see proof of otherwise, which is so important. You have a mom child reunion coming up this fall in Nicole, Idaho. You want to tell us about that? I'm so excited. I don't quite have it ready to announce yet. Um, so in 2010, I was very blessed to be one of only seven moms who, who went to Sun Valley with the late Sally Baldwin, who's a, a very kind of world-renowned um, uh, channel and medium. And she, this was her kind of volunteer work. She only got three years in before she passed, but she, you know, would channel and handpick out of a hundred or more applicants to come to this three and a half day retreat um, at the time in Sun Valley, Idaho, which for me was, you know, three and a half hour drive. So I was very, she always said, Brian wouldn't leave me alone. I had to pick you. <laughs> he, he just, Brian kept bugging me and bugging me. So anyhow, and then sadly, when she passed, um, the the in two thousand after she did the retreat in two thousand eleven, I think she passed later that year, um, or maybe in two thousand twelve at the latest. Um, I always knew that I wanted to do that. I wanted to offer that to other people because what we were given and gifted that those three and a half days was everything completely changed the traje trajectory of my of my healing right um i mean they i was introduced to reiki there they uh, introduced us to um uh animal spirit guides um uh, the grief recovery method, which I include components of that in my teaching because I'm certified in that as well. Um, and then of course, channeling and mediumship. And like I said, the concept of letting go of the pain, so much that we learned and that we bonded together as a group. And it was so critical to my journey um, that I've always wanted to do that for other people. So finally, it is happening this year. Um, I, I want to be conscious of COVID. I'm hoping by October, it's October 3rd through the 8th. Um, we are doubling the number. So instead of seven, we're going to have 17, a little more than double the number of participants. We keep it small uh, because you can't, you can't have that kind of group experience. Right. Right, if you it's, make an, it's a very it. intimate, it's emotional. Um, but we'll have a medium there, um, even though myself and a lot of my uh, presenters have you know, intuition and mediumship skills. Um, I really wanted somebody who that's what they do for a living. That's who they are. So we have that person, Jill Renee Feeler is coming. She'll be there the entire weekend with us doing readings and channeling. I will be doing Reiki sessions. 
Um, my friend Lynn, fellow Sun Valley mom from England is coming yeah. all the way over and she'll be teaching channeling, which is how Sally taught us to communicate. Um, where it's going to be amazing. I don't want to give it all away. <laughs> you know what though? I'm going to encourage people because we're going to find out how the best ways for people to connect with you. Yes. So uh, you may have to plan a few of them because I'm sure people are going to reach out to you about that. I would like to take them on the road, actually. It'd be fun to like, it'd be fun to take it into different communities. I, I, mean, take it on the road. I don't mean to make it sound cheap, but wouldn't it be great no. to just do these small grief workshops? That's my dream. That's my ultimate dream. Yeah. I think that's absolutely wonderful. So I want to ask you how spiritual growth is a pathway to healing, which I totally believe in also. And what is your message about the importance of healing grief that you'd like to share with our Grief and Rebirth podcast audience? For me, the spiritual journey was the only pathway to healing, right? I would not have healed. I almost chose not to heal, right? I almost took a different path. But I knew intuitively that that wasn't, you know, gonna that wasn't my truth. That wasn't going to be my path. And so I just kept putting one foot forward in front of the other, receiving the signs and receiving the messages, and and doing what I thought was my part, right, to keep moving forward. I had to because if if I didn't find Brian in the afterlife, I simply was not going to. I wouldn't be here today. That's just the bottom line. I absolutely, without a doubt, would not be here it made today. Made all the difference. Yeah. And so for me, it was the only way there was never going to be any other way. And I know now after all of the studying and the work and the things that I've learned that Brian and I did plan this and again, soul planning a whole nother conversation, but we did plan it. We did, we did, we did choose that this was a possibility that we would, you know, in our humanness and with our um, uh, ability to choose once we're here, that this is something that might transpire. And then he, he did, you know, he chose to exit when he did. And so who am I to say no to that, right? Who am I to, I have to honor that. I have to honor that he chose to put this into motion. So I have to do my part. That's how I look at it. And I know he guides me. I know he brings kids to me. I know that he sets us up with parents. He, um, uh, you know, spirit as a whole makes these connections for us and leads us to one another, to other people like you, Irene, soul sisters on the, on the journey. Absolutely. You know, We're passing it forward all the time. And you know, when you meet somebody who, who you're connected with in that way. Right. So, um, so for me, there was no other way. And uh, what was the second part of your question? Part was, why should a person choose to heal grief? Why should they choose to heal their grief? Oh my gosh. Why would you not? I guess I mean, like, you know, they've got a choice. They can stay and suffer. And they yeah, have, some people really like staying in that spot. And, yeah. we're, and I'm proposing to them, give a listen and, and you have a choice. You can choose to heal, heal your grief. It is, it can be healed. You know, it's some people honestly just want to stay stuck in their story. And I always say, you are bigger than your story. You are so much bigger than your story of pain. Don't belittle yourself and your contract that you made with your loved one. And your, you know, don't belittle all of that to stay stuck in your pain. You are so much bigger than that. You are so beautiful, shining light, shining soul, right? That you have much to offer the world. And that's why I kind of bring the numerology stuff mm -hmm. into some, into one of my 
reading types because um, it empowers us to get out of that space and to want to step forward and think, okay, well, how can I be happy? How can I be joyful? How can I make a contribution to the world? What, what gifts do I have that perhaps I can use this therapy in my own healing? And then I can turn around and share it with other people because that is why we're here. We're here to share with each other. We're here to help each other heal. Now you can choose. I tried the wine bottle. Let me tell you, you can choose to stay in the wine bottle. You can choose drugs. You can choose to stay in bed forever. That's your choice. We have free will. I'm just here to tell you, and Irene is here to tell you that you can heal from your pain and you can still have a relationship with your loved one. It it does, but it takes work. It does take work. I'm not going to lie. Right. So I want to hear about your grief healing sessions and your private intuitive sessions and the best ways for people to connect with you about all of this. Let her rip, let her go, Paige, how do they find you? You're so generous. I just love it. Thank you. Thank you again. Um, so I have a website. It's pagewlee.com. P-A-I-G-E. Yes. Thank you. W-L-E-E.com. Uh, on Facebook, I'm Paige Lee. My business page on Facebook is Paige W. Lee. On Instagram, I'm Paige W. Lee author. Um, and that's it. I don't Twitter. I don't know how to do all that. Um, so those are the best ways to reach me. Um, my, well, my email, just go to my website and there's a contact form. And so your website is what again? Pagewlee.com. Okay. And um, I have a variety of offerings. Um, I, the intuitive grief session, which is the one that I've talked about today, is um, probably my favorite session. It's my most popular session by far. Um, it's $140. Um, it includes a love letter from heaven, which is oh a channeled letter from your loved one to you that I channel prior to the session. And it's super empowering with all of the numerological influences that affect you and how you can use that information to move forward in your healing. Um, I also, as an intuitive, I do intuitive readings. I'm just getting ready soon to launch a uh, kind of a soul circle type um, small group format. We'll meet weekly and go over a lot of guided meditation and tools on a deeper level to help us move forward because that's all about opening people up to their own intuition, um, understanding how their own energy works. How can they feel it? How can they sense it? How can they, you know, manipulate energy? How can they protect themselves? All of that. So that'll be a small group format coming soon. And then I will offer, uh, actual grief healing, um, on a, um, uh, not in person, but a virtual basis. I'll be offering those again too, bringing in my healing that I miss so much. So that'll be really powerful to helping people clear any blocks that they have. That's wonderful. And you of all people, what is your tip for finding joy in life? Well, for finding joy in life is belief. (laughs) So finding joy as a griever, right? That's a big question. But finding joy as a griever is a 1000% believing in the afterlife and believing that my son still lives hands down, no doubt about that. If I take myself out of that kind of grieving um, uh, suit, right, and put myself as just a person, for me, joy is nature. For me, joy is the trees and the birds and the flowers and the mountains and, you know, all of the ocean and particularly the mountains and living in Idaho. So yeah, that would be my answer to that. Wow, that's great. Well, Paige, I have to truly say that your book, Choose to Believe, 
a story of miracles, healing, and the afterlife is spellbinding. Mm -hmm. And it's a wonderful read from start to finish. And even more spellbinding is how you chose to find Brian and move through your devastating grief to healing, which has filled your life with inspiring new meaning. I have absolutely no doubt that your insightful, riveting book will inspire many in our Grief and Rebirth podcast audience to choose to believe and choose to heal, as will this remarkable interview. Thank you from my heart. And here's a reminder, everyone, that you can see the show notes and all Grief and Rebirth podcast episodes on irieweinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us, because we know you do, on social at at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. As thank I you. like this, oh, you're welcome. Go ahead. I just wanted to say thank you. I'm just like, I, I didn't say it when you had that little pause back there, but thank you so much. And for your listeners, thank you for listening. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to spread the word because it's all about spreading the word and it's spreading the word. So. Oh, you're wonderful. Thank you so much. As I like to say, and I think this really applies to you and me, Paige, as I like to say, to be continued, many blessings and bye for now. Thank mm-hmm. you.